Welcome to On Air with Russell of Hotels, where we talk about everything hospitality, from hotels to influencers and everything in between. We will feature guest interviews with hospitality professionals who will share their experiences. Your host, Russell Edmond, has spent over 25 years in the hospitality industry, beginning his career with Marriott International in hotel operations, before moving into the sales arena and becoming a relationship-building director of sales and marketing. Russell then went to the other side as a hospitality entrepreneur. He now consults in the hotel and meeting space, which includes being the CEO of Russell of Hotels Group. Did I mention he was a veggie foodie? Yes, Russell is always looking for good non-meat eats. Please welcome your host, Russell Edmond. Good afternoon and thank you for joining On Air with Russell of Hotels Live Hospitality Talk Show. Yeah, you see me, I'm still wearing my um, my PVHS hat, right, for the Yellow Jackets. Uh, just a quick update because I did talk about it last week, so I have to, you know, I got to lead with it this week, right? So um, before I get into anything else, um, they didn't win the game last week, the, the, um, the CIF Southern California Championship. They did not win that. Uh, they got beat by obviously a better team, and that was um, um, what is the name of that? Gosh, I can't even think of it now. In Pasadena, John Muir High School. They got beat by John Muir High School, thirty-three to seven. But you know what? At least they were in the game, right? They made it to the playoffs. They made it to the championship. They won the CIF San Diego section, uh, but they failed a little bit uh, short on the uh, the Southern California. But um, but congratulations to them. Still proud of you guys. You know, keep it up. Uh, it's a dynasty, right? I mean, they won two CIF San Diego, uh, San Diego section champions. Um, they were two years in a row, right? So they just fall a little short on the Southern California one, but Hey, we'll work on it. Um, but then I get a phone call. It's funny. Uh, I forgot that a friend of mine who went to a good friend of mine who went to Cal Poly, he actually went to John Muir, right? So he calls me Saturday morning saying, hey, I just wanted to call you and say our team beat your team. I'm like, okay, all right. That's right. You did go to John Muir, which I thought was a larger school. I think back in the day they had um, more enrollment, and I had to check it out, right? So he said, well, they only have about a 1,000 kids that go to John Muir. I said, I don't believe that. So, of course, I had to Google it and see, right? Because Blythe, Palo Verde High School in Blythe, has, according to the records, 900 and, I want to say 954 kids to go to school there, okay? No, I'm sorry, 846. They have 846 people that go to the high school. Okay, four years of school, 846 people, all right? John Muir has about 1,500 people. Okay, so maybe there's something to say, okay, they can go in there, you know, all right. It's it's I guess that's I guess that's fair. I don't know, but it I definitely is 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 more fair now than it used to be because when I was in school some years ago, we were playing, we were about 900 kids, 999, maybe maybe 1000 at the most. Um, but we we're playing schools that had, you know, 2500 to 3,000 kids. Okay, so where's the fairness in that? But anyway, hey, congratulations to them once again. Um, hey, PVHS, fight, fight, fight. So, yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, quickly congratulate them just to kind of give you guys an update on 
Pelerini High School Yellow Jackets. They did lose to John Muir 33 to 7 last Friday. Uh season over, but you guys had a great season. So there you go. PV. I used to throw that up like PV, like that the, the V right there, you know. Let's see, can you see it like that? I used to do that back in the day. I brought that, I brought that to the school back in the day, okay? So <laughs> but anyway, I'm not gonna wear the hat, so let me just take this off real quick. So yeah, I can't wear it. You know, I can, but you know, I, like I said, with the green screen, because when I switch, boom, there you go. So when I switch um, uh, screens or scenes, then you know, you you see. That's how because like if this is a green hat, I have a green screen in back of me. You wouldn't be able to see it. You would see the logo in the middle because it's gold, and it would look kind of funky, and then it would be distracting, and we don't want to do that. But anyway, hey, thank you guys for joining. On air with Russell of Hotels live hospitality talk show. I do appreciate you guys. I know you guys have many things to do during this time. Um, you know, a couple of people decided, you know, to make this a, a choice, right? They say, hey, let's listen to that Russell of Hotels. You know, I got a notification uh, because I follow him. I'm subscribed to him on, on YouTube. And every time he comes on, I get a bing. And then I say, oh, let me go check out Russell of Hotels, see what he's talking about. So if you don't sus- subscribe yet, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's at Russell of Hotels or Russell of Hotels or on air with Russell of Hotels. I can't remember what the, I think it's called Russell of Hotels. So the YouTube channel is Russell of Hotels. Just basically, I mean, just subscribe. And like I said, you get a little ding, that kind of thing. And um, also I'm live here on, on LinkedIn as well. So hello to the LinkedIn people. I appreciate you guys. You know, LinkedIn is my platform of choice when I do this show. So, um, but anyway, um, so, okay. So thank you for that live on YouTube, live on LinkedIn, we have a podcast that goes at the same time. So as I'm speaking and you're seeing me, um, the podcast is being recorded at the same time. And then it's uploaded uh, after the show. Maybe give me an hour or so to upload it and put my notes in and all that stuff. So you, you're able to listen to it. Uh, you can listen to it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just Google On Air with Russell of Hotels podcast and you'll be able to find it. So wherever you are, you want to take me on the go, you want to put me in your pocket and you want to put me in the car, you know, whatever you want to do, you can take me wherever you want to go. Right. And I was I just got my notifications from Spotify or Anchor. Anchor is the platform, but it's Spotify who, you know, most people know they know Spotify because a lot of podcasts are represented on there. Um, I got my stats, my year in stats. Right. And basically it says I seven uh, I'm representing in seven countries, which is good, I guess. Right. Better than just one. Right. So seven countries. I can't remember what the what the countries were. Don't. So don't ask me and I'll let you know at a later date and that I'm up. I don't know. Three hundred and seven percent over I was last year at the same time or whatever. So so I guess those metrics are, are good. I, I just uh, I have to really look at them and, and kind of compare them to see where we are with that. But seven countries, yeah, I would say seven countries. Being in seven countries, people listen. I think that's a good thing. So there you go. So I see Lonnie Wolf there. Thank you so much, Lonnie Wolf, for coming on. Um, He's always in the house. Appreciate him. And then also feel free to make your comments and, you know, engage and all that kind of stuff because I do welcome those. So I see your notes, your comments. Just put them in the, the comment box right below you or wherever you are. Uh, either on YouTube or LinkedIn, I see both of them. So feel free to give me your comments and I'll make sure I mention you as well as the comments, providing they're, you know, the comments aren't, aren't out there. You know what I mean? 
you know, I, I accept all comments, but I, that doesn't mean I have to say anything about them, right? So, <laughs> but there you go. So, today's Tuesday, December 6th. You know, we're a couple weeks away from um, Christmas. So, hopefully, you guys have done your shopping and got that stuff out of the way. I don't do all that stuff, I don't shop. Um, thank God for like Amazon and all that stuff, but I'm not going to any store. I never, I've never been into shopping. So it's not because of COVID, you know, that I stopped doing, no, I never done it. So thank God for Amazon and all those kind of places because I wasn't going to store anyway. So now that gives me really a reason not to go. So, but anyway, show number 186. So, uh, man, I always, when I see that number, I'm like, I'm almost at 200. What am I going to do for two show number 200? Not I'm going to do the same thing I did. I'm doing today for 186. I'm just going to keep it moving, right? Whatever is out there to talk about, I'm going to talk about it. So there you go. But um uh I'm just to let people know, I'm not so cuz some people will go dark during the holidays or whatever, but the Tuesdays don't fall on any holidays, right? They don't fall on Christmas, um the 27th, the 20 the 20th. No, that's just another Tuesday. So I will be on live like I'm on live today. So just in case you guys were wondering, like, oh, oh my God, I wonder if Russell's going to be on. Is, is he going to go on hiatus? Is he going to go dark during the holidays? No, I'm not doing that. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> not that you guys really care. But anyway, hey, let's move on. Okay, so I'm on industry stuff. Bleach are still a trend in 2023. Uh, you know what? Let's take a look. I was looking at some. Oh, before. Okay. Back before, before, before I've been, I've been forgetting to do this for the last probably month and a half since I was in Tucson. Okay. So I was in Tucson about a month ago, month and a half ago, I guess now, maybe almost two months for a, a, a show. So I was there for destination West Arizona, which was in Tucson. Right. Um, and then I get, cause I do, I was doing a live there, right. Or live where I posted some things and an old colleague and friend of mine, Mr. Doug Smith, he's, he reached out on LinkedIn and said, Hey, I noticed you're in, um, in Tucson. Hey, I'm the G, the GM at the, the downtown Tucson property. I guess, I think it's called university Marriott university Marriott, uh, next to university of Arizona. Right. Well, I didn't know he was there. Right. I know last I uh, had, um, we communicated, he was up North but then I did hear that he had moved back to Arizona, but I didn't know he was actually in Tucson. So he reached out and said, hey, if you have, you know, some time, you can come by and, you know, we can catch up in person. I'm like, wow. But I didn't see it until I got back to L.A. So I want to give Mr. Doug Smith a quick shout out. Uh, we called it. I used to call him a Dougie Fresh back in the day. But uh, <laughs> but if anybody knows Doug Smith, I'm not sure. I, I know he watches the show every now and then. But anyone knows Doug Smith, general manager at the Tucson Marriott University Park. That's the full official name. Let him know that I gave him a shout out because he was definitely instrumental in, you know, help me out back in the day when I was a trainee, an ID or whatever. Uh, he was He'd already completed maybe two disciplines. I was on my first one because you had three disciplines in the courtyard system. You had three disciplines that you went through. You went housekeeping, front office, and then food and beverage. I think he'd already done. I think he already done food and beverage, and he was doing a front desk then, and then one more housekeeping. Then after that, he would you know be eligible eligible to be a general manager, which he completed, and he's been a, a GM for 
forever now. So, hey, Craig. So, uh, yeah, he's been a GM forever now. But um, I wish I had saw that note. I would have definitely, because it's funny, the day before the conference started, a friend of mine picked me up at the airport, and we drove by that hotel. But I didn't know that he was there. So, but anyway, shout out to Mr. Doug Smith, GM at the Tucson Marriott University Park. So if you guys happen to know him, just tell him I gave him a shout out. I said, hey, and next time I'm in Tucson, I'm going, you know, I'm going to go hang out. Hopefully he's still there, right? So, you know, how we move around, you know, hotel people, they don't stay. A, a rolling stone gathers no moss, right? So we move around a lot. So, But that's, it's, it's accepted, right? That's just what we do. Right. It, we, that's how we get down. So anyway, so that's it. So, oh, OK. Trend for 2023. Uh, what is bleasure? First of all, what is bleasure? So the, the, the question of the day is one of the question is bleasure still a trend? Is it still going to be a trend in 2023? Now, we know that I know that bleasure didn't come up because of COVID. Bleasure was a term that was used uh, maybe a couple of years before COVID, but it didn't catch on. Now, because of COVID, it's catching on. Right. Because people are trying to market to this particular market segment, which is not even a market segment yet. Um, I asked some hotel people, Hey, do you know, do you have a bleasure market segment? Uh, no, what is that? You know, so some people don't even know what it is. I've heard of that, but it's basically a mixture of business and leisure. And a lot of the, and I guess the gen Xers or the, the millennials, those are the people that are doing the bleasure travel because, or they represent that bleasure market because they're remote Right. So they were in the office before, but now they're remote. So how do you even find these people? So it's basically a mixture of business and leisure. Right. So it's a hybrid between business travel and leisure travel, creating a hospitality experience ecosystem. Does that make sense? I don't know. We're about to get into it, though. So I have a couple of things I'm going to read about this. Leisure is it still a trend. And if it is a trend, what are we doing about it? Or what can we do to maybe get some business or something like that? But let's take a look. Lonnie Wolf says, and just so you know, I do read the comments that come in, right? So I may stop and start saying things like Lonnie Wolf said something. Lonnie Wolf is someone that has made comments, right? So I'm reading his um, comment now. He said, leisure and, and business all wrapped in one. There you go. That's what bleasure is. Put it together. Bleasure. At first, when I first saw it, I was like, what is this? B, B and leisure? Black leisure? Bleasure? Black travelers? <laughs> That's what I thought at first. <laughs> you know, I had to throw that in there. But uh, no, it's, it's business and leisure. Okay. Don't, don't think that you, you guys weren't thinking that too at first. So I don't want to hear it. So, um, so back to what I was saying. So I have a couple of things I'm going to read here. These are three things that you should um, um, that you should check out or, or pay more attention to or whatever. Number one, it, it was out of five. There's actually five of them, but I condensed it to, to three because the other two uh, I didn't like. So it didn't, it really didn't apply for me. Number one, creating a hospitality experience ecosystem. Another perk that leisure travelers are looking for is integrated travel experience, integrated travel experiences, more than half of travelers are looking to stay in hotels that offer all-inclusive experiences, including food and beverage as well as activities. Hotels can set themselves apart by offering team dinners, classes, games, activities, and more as convenient on-site add-ons through the same booking portal. This upselling will make every single retreat purchase more valuable uh, retreat purchase more valuable for the customer and more profitable for the hotel. Now, obviously, this is for groups, right? Groups that are traveling. 
uh, leisure groups that come on like for a convention, say they come for a retreat, right? They come for the retreat, but they stay, the retreat is the business end of it, right? But they stay several days after, and that's where the leisure comes in. Put them together, that's leisure. So it's basically people that come in for conference, like say I was in um, uh, Tucson for that conference. Now, had I stayed a couple extra days, that was leisure, right? So I say I was there for three days for the business, uh, for the business trip or the retreat or the conference that I was attending, and I stayed two more days. That's where the leisure component comes in. So now I'm not in for a hotel. I'm no longer um, because you come into different market segments. Everybody that comes in should be attached to a market segment. Okay. So if it's a convention group, okay, I'm there for the convention group, right? For the first three days, but then I check out or, um, the company's no longer paying for that, so it changed. But I'm staying. I extended my stay for two days, so now I become a leisure. Um, I become in the leisure market, a transient leisure, because I'm transient because I'm by myself, uh, and meaning there's only one room attached to me at this point. Because now I'm the individual and I'm paying on my own now, right? So, so it's totally different. And hotels look at every market segment by the end of the year. They're like, okay, what do we do in this particular market segment? So, but now it's kind of confusing or maybe a little more, you know, you got to, you know, I guess you have to do a little bit more research on how you would even find this leisure. You have to, you have to dive into it and see exactly who came in on this particular conference or retreat and how many of those people stayed over. You know, you have to kind of differentiate between that and see, okay, well, let me market to these particular people because they tend to, when they come and this is an annual event that they, 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 they use this, utilize this hotel. Uh, let me see if I can market to them now because I know they're going to be here. So they're a captive audience, right? But if I can market to them while they're here or me, even before they even come for their retreat or their conference, maybe they will stay over because everyone else didn't stay. Maybe only five or six people stayed over out of a group of 30 people. I'm just using that as an example. So maybe I can get another 10 at a stay. If I start marketing to those people, see, that's the thing that we as hoteliers have to look into. We have to, the salespeople specifically, we have to kind of dive into it and kind of break things apart and see what makes sense. Um, let's see. Craig says, when I go to some hotels with my family, they, sh- they should have some snacks because I get, yeah, yeah, they should. Well, they do. Don't they have, well, I guess it depends on where you where you're staying, they don't have like the mini bars. Now the mini bars can be expensive, Craig, but um, yeah, there's some of them do, some of them don't, but you know, go downstairs and, and get something. It's cheaper if you go downstairs and get it. So let me finish reading this. Um, this is the experience uh, ecosystem. Hospitality companies need to start building solutions for these customer needs. The ultimate goal is to own the entire travel itinerary. So that's the goal, right? When it comes to this leisure business, uh, the goal is, let me turn that right there. The goal is to, hold on one second. See, I didn't notice that that was going on over there. See, um, but anyway, you, you, you probably didn't even see what I did, but I had to move, move something over because something was showing over here. And, you know, that's the green screen. I had to make sure I adjust the green screen, right? You guys probably didn't notice I was doing. But um, but anyway, so, yeah, hospitality companies need to start building solutions for these customer needs. The ultimate goal is to own the entire travel itinerary, okay? So 
whatever that is, whatever that consists of, um, if they're coming for the group, you know, for a group meeting or something like that, but staying over, you need to, what, what this is saying is you need to um, identify that and own every segment of that itinerary. You know, you need to book the entire itinerary. You need to find out exactly what's going on and, 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 and promote what you can do for them while they're going to be here. Or if they want to stay a couple extra days, there's some activities if they stayed a couple extra days that they can partake in. So those are the things. And, and of course, this is not for every hotel. Every hotel is not going to do this, you know, maybe more of the full service. Uh, but I guess it depends on, you know, your destination, where you are, what's near you. Uh, I can see, you know, some select service hotels, you know, offering different packages and things like that, depending on what's going on in your area. So it's area or destination specific. But these are ideas that you can utilize as salespeople um, to make your darn goals. Okay, so whatever the heck that is, you know, you can utilize it. So that was number one. Number two. So what we're talking about right now is leisure is leisure still a trend. And if it is for next year. What can you do to, uh, you know, to uh, attract that business or to get more of that business? Number two, renewing the focus on the daily guest experience. While Airbnb has previously dominated the rental and experience space, research shows a renewed interest in the reliability of the guest experience that hotels bring to the table. Okay. See, so, Hey, Airbnb is not taking over the world. Okay. They still need hotels out there. Over 60% of travelers prefer to stay in an upscale or budget hotel compared to just 15% that prefer a short term rental like Airbnb. One of the major differences between Airbnb and hotels is the guest experience. Of course. Right. There you go. And I think maybe even a little more safety is, is you get more safety and security in a hotel than you will at Airbnb because most hotels at night have someone that's roaming around, walking around and, you know, securing the place and things like that. And you also have someone to call, you know, the front desk, right? If you're Airbnb, you, you're going to call the host and the host could be in another state. What they, what, what is he or she going to do? So, you know, there's differences between the two. Um, Airbnb makes no attempt to guarantee your experience. It's guests meet hosts with hotels. It's can we get you a glass of water while you check in? Here's a hot towel. If your room is not ready yet. I mean, there's a lot of things that hotels can do that Airbnbs or, um, you know, the shared space, shared rental accommodations uh, don't do. So you just have to remember that. And, you know, people, you know, make they make up their own mind where they want to stay, and that's fine. Um, you know, for certain things, I understand how Airbnb can work. But Airbnb is not in certain segments or certain markets, certain destinations. There's probably more rental options for an Airbnb or a BRBO, VRBO than other places, right? So it's not across the board. But from what I've been hearing, there's an oversaturation of, of, of these hosts as well, meaning Airbnbs too. So um, they're not, you know, people are not staying in them like they once were maybe a, a year and a half, two years ago. Okay. So studies are showing that that's kind of slowing down. Okay. So just so you know, one of the biggest concerns that, that Bleasure travels face when booking trips is, is, is getting what they're paying for. This concern is amplified when it comes to corporate retreats. Hmm, okay. Um, let's see. 
Uh, these little things matter for bleacher travel moving forward as they decide where they're going to stay. Yeah. Number three, optimizing for optionality and bleacher travel. The travelers of 2023 won't exactly be corporate or leisure. They'll be both. The optimal customer travel experience will ideally offer option optionality for work, play, or personalized combination. Customers might want to book accommodations for a retreat. This is just an example and continue that retreat into a vacation. Like I just said, or they might be looking to book a workspace and a yoga class, a yoga class for their team offsite for more optionality, seamless and ease of booking hotels can provide the better. um, Yeah, they can, they can provide that. How do you find, okay, the question is, once you know all that stuff, the question is, how do we find these leisure travelers? Um, start with your email list. Now, you know, that whole, you know, when, when people check in, we want all their information, their emails, their phone numbers, their cell phones, their work numbers, all that stuff. Those are things we need to follow up on and see exactly where these leisure people are going. What are they doing? Um, but it also can go along with the groups that you have coming in. So say you have a bunch of groups coming in, you need to start looking, you have to, like I said, you have to dive into those groups and see exactly why are they coming, any options for them to stay over, okay? And then if you have those emails of those people, because they did make reservations, someone did make reservations for them, and a lot of times they do have the, a profile, right, where maybe you can start sending them information about what's going on a destination. Well, when you're done with your meeting, now it's time to play, right? We have breweries, we have this, we have hiking, we have skiing, golfing, whatever it is in your area, that's the opportunity for you to throw that information out there based on, you know, what's going on in your destination. Oh, we have a, you know, a, a food fair going on. Maybe they want to stay for the food fair or whatever it is. Maybe there's, um, um, what do you call it? Amusement parks in the area that they don't know about. Well, even if they do know about it, they didn't, maybe they didn't plan on staying. Well, this is your opportunity to kind of promote that. Hey, stay another day. Um, and you get free tickets to the amusement park, whatever the heck it is. These are opportunities to find out and what this leisure is, who this leisure traveler is, and how do I market to them? So these are just some examples of that. Um, the next thing says U.S. delays the real ID. You guys know what the real ID is? You know, it's just like you're, okay, I'm in California, right? Uh, I have a regular standard driver's license, right? Well, the real ID, you know, the U.S. is required. Actually, it was required that you have these if you travel commercial, right? You know, if you travel international, of course you need a passport, but if you travel commercially or if you're going into government buildings, they require, meaning the United States government was requiring you to have this real ID. I guess it has more information on it, almost like a passport, right? So if you're traveling, that's what they're going to ask for. If you're traveling domestically, they're going to start asking for that. If you don't have that, then you need to have your passport with you all the time when you travel, no matter if you're domestic or international, right? Well, it's like I said, it was supposed to be due. They had extended it because of COVID uh, 23, I think May of 23 that you're supposed to, everybody was supposed to have it. Uh, but now they've extended it to 2025. So May 7, 2025 is what they extended it to. So just, I just happened to see that. And I travel a lot domestically. So um, I have been put on a list to get it, but I forgot. I forgot what the date was. And I was like, oh, God, that was like six months ago now. So I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it before the deadline, right? Of course, everybody's going to wait to the deadline to get it. 
but I travel enough where I need to have that. So, boom, there you go. So just wanted to share that stuff with you guys. Hey, these are three things that I always talk about. Be intentional, make decisions, and take action on what's important to you. Number two, be you, um, whatever that means to you, be you. Uh, be represented because my my or your representation matters. Like I always say, it matters that people that look like me do shows like this, right? I don't know how many people look like me that do the show, a, a podcast out of two, two and a half million people. I don't know, but I know it's important that someone sees me and says, hey, shoot, if that guy can do it, I can do it too, right? He looks like me, I can do it. Or someone may say, well, he doesn't look like me, but if that guy can do it, I can do it too. So, Whatever the motivation is, um, do, you know, do it. I mean, anybody can can work in hotels. Anybody can amass the experience that I have or even surpass that. Um, but it's just up to you, right? But I always want to be intentional about what I do. And having a show like this is very intentional, right? So, um, you know, to give information out there that maybe wasn't getting to everybody, um, but that's that's you know part of what I do. I think that's my responsibility. But to me, like I said, uh, I'm intentional. I want people to know or to see that I can do this, and if I can do it, anybody can do it. So there you go. Alan English, not many. Okay, <laughs> you're right, sir. So yeah, no, no. Thank you so much for that, and thank you for joining. I, I appreciate that, uh, Mr. English. See, that's the thing. You know, people come on. Uh, and at the very least, you're going to get a shout out. OK, because I'm going to mention everybody comes on here because encourage um, engagement is important when, when you're dealing with social media. Engagement is important. And one of the things that I wanted to, to change about my particular podcast or this live hospitality talk show is that I want some engagement. I mean, I can't invite everybody to come on and be a guest, but I can invite everybody to come on and make comments and I'll read those comments. OK, so there you go. Uh, anytime, keep up. I appreciate that, Mr. English. See, that's what I'm talking about. Mr. Allen English, appreciate you. So, uh, moving forward, how to buy a hotel. Now, Miss Davon Reeves, okay. Now, I don't know if you guys know who Miss Davon Reeves is, but she has a book out called How to Buy a Hotel. Now, I'm not sure that that's what that does say. I'll move this right here. Okay, just so see that thing. This this ecam allows me to do make changes on the fly. You guys didn't even notice that I moved the little ticker down so you can read the the hotel. So how to buy a hotel? So Miss Davon Reeves, uh, this is a roadmap to hotel ownership, right? So she's actually, if you read the ticker, it says sixty hotel investors in sixty days. Free workshop December six at four o'clock. Well, today, what, what, what's today? Today is December 6th, right? So she's offering, and that's 4 o'clock. Is that 4? That's 4 o'clock my time, okay? So meaning that's 7 o'clock East Coast time, okay? So just so you know. Um, so she's offering this. So go to, if you're interested, follow her on Instagram at Davon Reeves, and it's, it's free. So it's free to join, and she's going to basically um, – she her goal is to have 60 hotel investors in 60 days. OK, so I'm not going to throw everything out there because I don't know anything else other than that. Right. So but because I always talk about her book because I know her, um, I wanted to make sure I put that on there, too, because that's something that's going on today. Right. So it's, it's basically a, a Zoom call. 
Um, and yeah, you're more than welcome to, to get on there as well. Just like I said, follow her on, I think the information, I want to say the information is on, on Instagram. So follow her, um, on Instagram and you'll get the information. Okay. So, but yeah, how to buy a hotel just real quick. Um, things she talks about tips to buying a hotel location, location, location. Um, and uh, did I mention that she owns, uh, three hotels? I don't think I mentioned that, but she owns three hotels. Did I mention she was like 35 years old? Um, did I mention she's an African-American woman? Did I mention all that? I don't think I did, but is that important? Heck yeah, that's important because representation matters. It matters that people that look like her buy hotels, right? That mattered to her, right? How she start her, I mean, quickly her story. She was an asset manager for hotels, right? Um, meaning she managed like a billion dollars for these owners in hotel assets, right? So that's how she got started. And, they taught her the game, right? So, and I always say this, this is the most comprehensive book out there that shows people if you're interested, even if you're not interested and you just want to see the steps it takes to buy a hotel, right? Um, it's a great book. It's like a workbook. I have it. I make notes. I go back to it as reference. Um, and I may not, I may or may not ever buy or invest in a hotel, but at least I have the, the, the blueprint to it. Right. So, uh, and she's made it easy for people to understand it and to, if you're interested to, to, you know, to check it out. So I have the book, right. So, and it's not that expensive and it's really easy to read. Okay. In fact, I have it right here because people think, oh, you just took a picture and put it on there. No, I got the book. Okay. And she wrote in it. Okay. She autographed it, you know, gave me a little, you know, that kind of thing, you know, Hey, thank you. That kind of thing. So, Hey, there it is. So I actually have the book. So you need to get it too. Okay. So, but location, 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 number one, you don't want want to just hotel out there in the middle of nowhere. Uh, number two, the brand, you know, that's important, right? You want to you know, people to notice or, or have a, a name recognition behind it, right? No one's going to stay at the Russell Hotel because you don't have any, there's no, unless it was the Russell Hotel by Hilton or the Russell Hotel by Marriott, something like that, then you know, okay, there's some name recognition attached to this, right? So not saying that hotels like the Russell Hotel would not be successful, but what I'm saying is it's a lot harder to market. And someone already uh, talked about making a blueprint. Someone's already done it. So why not? Why are you trying to reinvent the wheel when you don't have to, right? Because the goal is to make money when you invest, right? The goal ain't to lose money. It's to make money, okay? So the brand matters and hiring the right operator. So if I have this hotel, um, you know, who's going to manage it? Am I going to manage it? I mean, that's an option too. Am I going to stay there and manage it too? No, I ain't trying to buy a job, right? Most investors are not trying to buy a job, okay? And that's exactly what that would be. So you hire a third party to come in and there's many third parties out there that will manage your hotel, but one, one um, management company does not fit all right. I mean, you have to interview them just like you would be interviewing for a job. Is this the right fit for me, my company, or are you the right fit for, for us? You know what I mean? So you kind of have to look at and especially if I'm a first time hotel owner, I need somebody that's going to hold my hand and go through the process of, you know, the P and L and what you guys look for and, you know, what's a typical day in a hotel and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you need somebody that's going to take your time because I work with management companies that are large that they once a month, they may do a report, you know, send you a report that you may get a live person that may actually come in uh, and, and talk about, you know, 
where you missed the mark or, or where you did, you know, where you showed improvement and all that stuff. But, you know, some of them don't do that. Some of them just like, hey, you're on your own kind of thing. Yeah, you, we're managing you, so to speak. There are employees, but do they sit down and, and hold your hand? Not a lot of the large ones. Now, the smaller ones do. There's this one company called Synergy Hospitality. They do, okay? They, you know, because maybe they do lo- some more smaller hotels and less big, big box hotels. So, but remember, if you're looking to buy a hotel, unless you have tons and tons of money, you're not going to be buying like a, a full service Marriott, a full service Hilton, because those are in the, those can be in the hundreds of millions of dollars, unless you got it like that, right? More power to you. Okay. High five. But most people that are investors, they're going to be investing in hotels that are like maybe $4 million, you know, up to maybe up to $8 million, something like that. It just depends, right? The more limited service or maybe economy, you're talking, you know, Hilton Garden Inns, maybe, Fairfield Inns, maybe, you know, Red Roof or, or you know, things like that, um, uh, Motel 6s, whatever. Those all make money. And guess what? A lot of um, – they don't have a – most of that money flows right through to the bottom line, right, meaning you're making money, okay? Some of these larger hotels, they have food and beverage operations and all that stuff. You get caught up in that food and beverage thing, that world of food and beverage – there's a lot of loss in that, a lot of loss, right? A lot of cost and a lot of loss, okay? So go with the limited service hotels like the Hampton Inns. They may have that breakfast that's free in the morning or whatever, but a lot of that stuff is packaged, right? So you just buy it, package it, give it to the guests. You know, you put it out. Maybe some of it is microwavable, but you don't need a full kitchen and a full staff to do it. And a lot of hotels now, they got front desk people to do it, Right. You know, let's bring this uh, extra person in and so they can do the, the the buffet or whatever, whatever it is, the little breakfast that they do. Some of it can be continental. Some of it can be kind of not necessarily a full, maybe kind of a full breakfast. But so you have to need you need some type of smaller kitchen, but not a kitchen that that um, requires a, a chef and all that kind of stuff. You don't need all that because you're trying to make money here. You ain't trying to lose money. So but check out Davon Reeves. Um, just Google Davon Reeves and you'll get all the information that you need. Lonnie says my post today showed now the property is not making money in the hotel. Wait a minute. Let me, let me start this again. My post today showed how the property is not making money in the hotel environment. The excellent guest satisfaction review were only 66 out of 420 reviews and, and or 16% excellent today. That ain't good. That ain't good, Lonnie. Okay. You guys follow Lonnie Wolf because Lonnie Wolf has information um, as far as cleanliness and and guest scores, guest service scores, guest satisfaction scores, all those kind of things. Those things matter. You know, when you check out of a hotel and you get the, um, the survey of how your experience was or how your stay was, those things are important, right? I mean, hotel companies, they take heed. I mean, they, they, that's gold to them because they want to know exactly what's going on at that hotel because hotels will lose their flag, meaning they could lose the name that's on the building, especially if it's a franchise, if they don't adhere to the standards that are set forth by that hotel company, a Hilton, a Marriott, a Hyatt, um, like I said, a Red Roof, a, a Motel 6, they all have standards, right? And that's why, a lot of people go with those companies because the standards are there. 
Um, the standards are in place. So why reinvent the wheel? Like I said, so, so check that out. Um, but you know, any questions about that stuff? I mean, like I said, I've been in this industry for, you know, 30 years. Okay. Um, on how to operate a hotel, not how to own a hotel. Okay. So I ain't trying to, I don't go, I am not going to venture into territory that I don't know. I'm not going to talk about something um, that I don't know that I'm really not comfortable with, but I do know that Davon Reeves owns hotels and she can have more conversation with you about the ownership. Now, as far as like, say if you were buying a hotel and you wanted to know how to operate one, you know, from a management standpoint, Boom, Russell of Hotels is the guy you need to call, okay? So, um, like, if you're – I'm on the fence. I'm about to buy this hotel, um, but I'm not really sure how they even operate, you know, day-to-day, you know. Hello. There you go. I can help. So, there you go. Uh, Dylan says, I'd be alarmed by any guest calling my hotel terrible, but third of the guests, I couldn't live with that. No, not at all. Not at all. So, yeah, so – Check out Lonnie Wolf. Follow Lonnie Wolf on um, Instagram. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, on LinkedIn. Okay, and because he posts a lot of great stuff as far as hotel guest service scores, cleanliness, or the lack of. Um, and yeah, so you, you need to follow him. So there you go. Boom. Who's your best advocate? Crickets, crickets, crickets. You are. You're your best advocate. So make sure you are doing everything you can. To, um, you know, to let people know that, you know, you you drink the Kool-Aid. OK, you drink your own Kool-Aid. Right. Meaning you're into your brand. You're all about your brand because um, the more excitement you have about what you do and, and who you represent or if you represent your own company, the more, you know, that energy is that that's positivity, right? That energy, it exudes to other people, right? And they're like, oh, damn, Russell is excited about doing this show. Maybe I need to watch it or maybe I need to do my own or maybe I need to hire him to do some things for me at my hotel because um, he has so much energy about this and excited about what he does or what he's done in the past and how he can help and this and that. So I need to, you know, I need to pay more attention to this guy. So you are your best brand advocate. I post things for myself, not, not just for myself, but for other companies and organizations, but you never know that um, because of course my logo or my, you know, I'm not saying, Oh, this is put out by Russell Fotels because that's, that's not what the clients want, right? But you'll see the stuff that I post because most of the things that I post have uh, my logo at the end of it, right? So I want people to know what I can do or what I can, what I do and what I can do for their, their hotel, their tourism board, um, whatever it is. I just want people to know that these are things that I do. So you got to be your best brand advocate, right? You got to be excited about you do. I'm excited to do this show every, every week. I'm in Hollywood. Hello. Why wouldn't I be excited? No, I'm <laughs> well, not down the street. Okay. Not in Hollywood. I'm in LA, but you know, down the street from this thing they call the Hollywood sign. So, um, so there you go. Quote. I share this quote every week. Maybe one week I'll change it, but today I'm not. Uh, hospitality salespeople. This is for hospitality or hotel tourism salespeople. Okay. Hospitality, hospitality salespeople should aspire to be synonymous with the brand they represent. And remember, I, these are quotes that I came up with. These aren't, I didn't get these off the, the hotel quote line. Okay. On Google, I didn't Google, Google hotel quotes. And this one came up. No, these are Russell of hotels originals. <laughs> so yeah. So what does this mean? 
salespeople in the hospitality should aspire to be one and the same with their brand. So you think about Russell, Russell Edmond, that's my real name. Um, you should think about Russell of hotels and what he can do, right? What he and his company can do for your organization. Um, so if you work for a tourism board, if I say, say I work for a tourism board, I, I work for LA tourism. Let's just say that Russell works for LA tourism. You should, I should be synonymous with that. So whenever you thought of LA tourism, you should think of me. Whenever you think of me like, Oh, Russell works for, you work for LA tourism, right? That's what I mean is synonymous with the brand. Cause that's important. Now, how do you get to that point? You got to do your work. You, de- you definitely have to put in work, right? Everyone should know who you work for. They should know what you do. Okay. Um, there's no reason why they should not. What do you use? What tools do you use to do that? Well, I use social media. Okay. So it's funny. You should ask that Russell increase social media engagement. Okay. That's the only way people, well, it's not the only way. And we, we, we do a lot of hospitality. People do a lot of, we do a lot of trade shows. We do a lot of conventions. We do a lot of networking events. Um, yeah, but you're reaching a certain amount of people, right? You're not reaching, you're not reaching in the masses of people, right? Cause you're only going to meet so many people right at these, you know, shows and conferences and, and, and whatever, um, networking events. You're only going to meet so many people. Yeah. It's not about the P and this, this is the thing. I always say this about social media. It's not about the people that you know. It's about the people that you don't know and the people who don't know you. Okay. That is the key. And excuse me one second while I take a, a sip of water because I'm getting a little parched. Thank you for that. You know, I have to, man, I kind of spill on myself. But anyway, I have to let people know that, that because the people on the podcast, they don't see what I'm doing, right? So I had to say, excuse me for a second. So I turned the microphone off because you didn't hear me gulp or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, so you always want to make sure, say you're doing a podcast uh, because people can't see you. So you want to make sure you're telling everything that's going on because they have to picture what's going on, right? Because if you got dead air, they're like, what the heck happened? Did this thing just go dark? Let me turn off this thing. So, but if I announce what I'm doing, you know, then you go. It's similar to, and, and this just, I just, this just came to my mind, right? I posted something today uh, about a situation that happened in a hotel. Okay. Um, the hotel that I was staying in. And um, when I checked in, I guess every, yeah, everything was fine when I checked in because we checked in. And the room's on the second floor. So you push the, you're in the lobby, you push the button to go up to second floor, right? So we go, go in the room, whatever. Well, the next day, or maybe it was two days, so we're there for four days. So let's say the second day um, in the morning, we're going out of the hotel. So we go to the elevator bank and there's no button. Okay. There's no down button. There's an up button, but there's no down button. So, I'm put, trying to search in the little, it's a little triangle button, right? I'm put, putting my finger in this, in this triangle hole to see if there, the button got pushed in there, right? Well, it hadn't. It wasn't there. And then I pushed the top button to say, well, maybe, okay, it is still, the elevator still works. Well, I pushed the top button and nothing works. So there's no signage that says the elevator is out. Okay, I said, well, maybe this just happened. Okay, so let's go downstairs 
Let's find which where the exit is, what, what exit is closer to the front desk. So we go downstairs and, and let the guy, the, the gentleman at the front desk know. He said, oh, yeah, we're aware of it. Okay, you're aware of it, but we're not aware of it, okay? It's all about the experience, right? Be consistent with your experience. Whatever's going on in your hotel, you have to let people know, right? Guests don't like surprises, okay? And that's a huge surprise. What if I couldn't walk down that darn stairs? You know, what if I had issues? You know, that if I have to, you know, navigate that, I need someone to come get me, you know? People need to know these things, it's all about it either enhances or takes away from your guest experience. Now, did that take away? Yeah, it did. It did. And when I get that guest survey, I'm going to have to make mention of it, that there was no signage. We all know stuff happens in hotels. Stuff will go wrong. That's fine. I understand that. But what are we doing once the stuff does go wrong? Are we educating our guests? Because guests need to be educated. Okay. They they do. If there's no signage, say elevators down, uh, please proceed to the exit sign or so- something, you know, we're working on it or something. We need, we need something to let know. And then, like I said, we went downstairs and told the guy, he's like, oh yeah, we're, we're aware, well aware of it. Well then do something about it. Post something, you know, the button, it'll take you up in the lobby, but you cannot come back down. And this went on for checked out yesterday morning and it was still like that. So it was at least three days. Yeah, maybe it was just one day that it worked fine. Um, but the next day, I don't know if somebody came in and pushed that. I don't even know the situation. I didn't want to know. All I know is that there was no signage, and it needed to have signage because there's people on that floor. We weren't the only guests on the floor, but all it takes is just one, right? If I was the only guest that was on the second floor, this I still need a signage. I still need to know what's going on, right? There was no signage anywhere, not at the front desk. There was no signage, anything. So shame on them for missing an opportunity to make it right. Lonnie says, see you next week. Getting ready for a $5 meeting. Oh, I'm sorry. Five o'clock meeting. <laughs> Hospitality strong. Thank you, Lonnie. I appreciate you uh, uh, tuning in. Um, Dylan, my best brand advocate is Russell. Yeah, I try to be. Yes, Dylan. Dylan, in fact, Dylan, I say I haven't mentioned this yet, Dylan. So this is Dylan. Dylan says things. Because he knows I'm going to react to it, right? So Dylan's a general manager at the Fairfield Inn by Marriott in Eugene, Oregon. Okay, so boom, promotion for Dylan, okay, and his hotel. See, but that's what it's all about, right? That's what it's all about. So anyway, let's get back to what I was doing. I had that little side thing, but hopefully you guys understand where I was coming from on that. Um, So how do you increase social media engagement? Um, Consistency. You can't just post one time and expect things to happen. Okay. You can't do it. You got to be consistent. I post. And like I said, I've been doing this for a while. So I post, you know, two or three times a day, even on, on the weekends. Okay. So that's, you know, seven times two, that's 14, right? So at least 14 times a week I post. Okay. That's not including now I do lives as well. I do a live every single day, uh, not every single day, but Monday through Friday, Right, I do a live on Instagram. I do this other segment called Did You Choose Hospitality or Did Hospitality Choose You? Where I interview um, hospitality professionals on how they got into the industry because no two, no two people got into it alike. So I interview those people too. So that's another segment. So And then I post on Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, 
um, and YouTube. So I post on those as well. So at least 14 times a week, but that's not including, like I said, it's not including the lives. Um, that's just, con- that's well, it's all content, but this is postings on, like I said, on those platforms. So I probably do probably 20 times a week. I probably do something. Um, and it's a mixture of just posting stories, uh, doing lives, doing these segments, doing this show, um, all that is included in there. So probably at least 20 times. So, but that's consistency for me. Right. And that's, th- those are things that I have to do because you know why? Because for every one person that see it, there's 10 people that didn't see it. Okay. So I have to continuously post because I'm trying to get to the people that have never seen it or they don't know what I do. Right. So because it goes back to what I said a little while ago, social media is not for the people that know what you do. It's for the people that don't know what you do. So, but be consistent. And I always throw a song on everything. So what's another thing? Add value. You want to make sure you're adding value for someone. Um, you want to make sure the information in there is, is valuable to someone. Okay. And all I got to do is reset one person, right? That I'm um, talking about consistency, value, and, um, or my message. You know, I'm just trying to get my message to, you know, certain people, right? Um, 50% of people that watch this show are hotel people. Another 50% are buyers of hotels, meaning people that stay in hotels, people that will purchase, will, will stay in your hotel uh, and spend money. Okay. So it's 50, 50. Okay. So there you go. 50% are hotel people. 50% are, are people that stay in hotels. Okay. So, you know, that make it simple. Cause I can like break it down, you know, actually further than that, but that's all you need to know, right? So, but make sure you add value to, to someone that's watching or listening or reading your comments, okay, or reading your postings. Authentic and be you, right? I mean, I'm not trying to be someone else because I can't be someone else, right? I'm, you know, I can impersonate people, but that's not what would that what good would that be? Okay. No, I'm being me. This is me. You you got Russell. This is it. This is what I do. This is how I do it. Right. And see, I just moved that over because it was on top of my head. So I just moved that over. See, that's the thing with this ecam. You can do things on the fly. I said it a little while ago, but I just get excited when I when I'm able to do that. And I don't know why that was over my head. I did the same thing last week. It didn't seem to be over my head. I guess maybe I'm positioned different. Um, so be consistent, add value to someone and be authentic. Your authentic self be you. Those are ways to increase social media engagement. Okay, Russell, you said that. Now, what are some of the tools that you use to increase social media engagement? Okay, that's a good question. Um, tools to use. I use stories. I use reels. I do lives, okay, consistently. I just mentioned that a while ago, right? But, yeah, Instagram stories, um, reels on Instagram, although you can do, um, um, what do you call them, Um YouTube shorts are the same as doing stories, but it's for YouTube. I mean, the same as doing reels, but it's for YouTube. And reels are basically, or shorts are basically videos that are paired with music. Okay, I like doing the um, the IG reels because you get a full song. If, say if my video is 20 seconds, I'm going to get 20 seconds of music. Okay, doing the YouTube shorts, you only get like, if it's a 20 minute, a 20 second video, um, you're only going to get like 15 seconds of music and then the rest is dead air. I'm like, well, I don't like that. OK, can I condense that video to 10 seconds or 15 seconds? I, sometimes I can. Sometimes I can't. But that's the difference. Right. So 
I prefer to use reels and take that same reel and put that in, in, in cross promote it. Right. So, and never just stick to one platform because what happens if that platform goes dark or goes out of business or suspends you because all those have happened. Okay. I've been suspended before uh, on multiple platforms, on multiple platforms. Um, but you just want to make sure if you're cross promoting or, or cross pollinating, meaning you're putting, um, you're using one, you're creating on one platform, but you're using that same post for other platforms. I do that all the time. So I would suggest you do that as well. Okay. Boom. Next. Who's hiring? And I'm almost done here. I guess I started late though. I started a couple minutes late. So bear with me. Who's hiring? And Namid Eats. Um, the Weston Bonaventure, downtown LA, looking for a director of sales and marketing. The Doubletree San Pedro, which is uh, south of Los, downtown Los Angeles, is looking for a director of sales and marketing as well. The Courtyard Pasadena, they're, they're looking for a director of sales and marketing. And then Le Meridian and Arcadia, they're looking for, and that's right outside of LA as well. That's about mm, 20 minutes from downtown, north of downtown, I would say. Uh, they're looking for a director of sales and marketing as well. So if you're inter- interested in any of those positions, go to uh, hcareers.com, and that's where I found those. Okay, so I just I just want to share that information because I'm I get notifications of this all the time. Every day there's a you know sometimes it's the same jobs. In fact, there's two of these that have been popping up, and I made a comment about this uh, last week. I think Dylan and I had a conversation about it where some of these positions. They continuously come up. I don't know if they've been hired or what, but just a little word to the wise. If you're looking for a job um, or career or whatever, and you keep seeing the same position over and over again for the same hotel, there's something wrong with that hotel. Okay, There's something going on there Okay, that maybe you don't want to be a part of. Because if there's a constant um, posting for that same job, and say six months later or or maybe not even six months. I mean, three months later and that job is still and it's been posted three times in a in one year. That's a problem. OK, I would I'll be looking for another job at another hotel. OK, wouldn't be that one. OK, so that's just if you see things continuously, there's a reason why you're seeing it. OK, and there's issues there. I'm, I'm just telling you where there's smoke, there's fire. So there you go. Nami eats. I don't know. Did I have any good non-meat eats this week? Normally, because I don't eat meat, I normally share, you know, what I ate. Um, I've been on this mushroom kick. I, you know, I, I've been saying this. Um, oysters, um, creminis, lion's mane. I think lion's mane are that they were like, they're hard to find, first of all. And I always I get see these recipes of lion's mane um, mushrooms. I'm like, man, I got to try that. And I tried it for the first time about a month ago. And you talking about a meaty uh, consistency. Man, those things are good. Okay, so and I cook them like you can fry them, like bread them and fry them, or you can saute them. You can cook them like meat and slice them, right? And they have the kind of consistency of a meat if that's what you're looking for, right? Like I said, I don't eat meat. Uh, I have a vegan or plant plant uh, plant based lifestyle. Okay, or that's what I eat. Okay, so I'm always looking for things that are creative. When I was in um, 
Um, I was in Texas uh, this last weekend from Thursday through yesterday, right? So I was there for a birthday party. So every it was, it was three days of eating, right? Okay. So, of course, I got to be creative about because everyone else eats meat or eats seafood or whatever. I don't eat any of that, right? Um, so I had to be creative about what I was going to prepare for myself. So one day they were doing a fish fry. And I, who got stuck with cooking or frying the fish? It was me, right? So I, I, I cook, okay? So regardless what my eating habits are, I still cook like I eat that other stuff, but I don't eat that other stuff, right? But I still cook it because I can, okay? I'm like a... I'm like a kitchen, uh, at, I'm a chef at 5821, and that's my address. So th- that's where I am. That's what I do, right? So I'm a chef here, right? So um, so I asked, I said, hey, well, they go, well, what are you going to eat? I said, well, just what day, like Friday, it was a Friday, I think, um, they're doing the fish fry. I said, okay, just buy me some cauliflower. Buy me a couple heads of cauliflower. So I cut up the cauliflower in little bites, you know, like little drumettes, right? Like, so if they're eating chicken and fish, little chicken drumettes, um, I'm breading, breading um, my cauliflower and I seasoned it. Man, they ate that stuff faster than they would. They, they ate their stuff, right? But the key of it is you got to cook yours first. I had to cook my, I had to fry my cauliflower first before the fish got in there. You don't want to fry your cauliflower after they fried the fish or after I fried the fish. I controlled it, right? So, I guess because they were hungry and they're looking for something to eat. Like, well, I never tried cauliflower. So they were eating the cauliflower. Right. So, but everyone enjoyed it. They like, Oh wow. How'd you do this? Cause I did it like a beer batter mixture first. So you do the beer batter, put it in the season. The beer batter is seasoned as well. Right. You taste it too. Just taste a little bit of it uh, just to make sure it is seasoned properly. And then you, you bread it and then you put flour like dry flour. So it's a wet mix in a dry mix, and then you drop that in the fryer. Sticks, everything, man, magnificent, delicioso. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's my nominee story for the day, okay, for last week. Uh, what do I do? You guys may think, well, what the heck does Russell do? I'm a hospitality personality. Of course, you can't have a show like this and not be a personality. Uh, but I do... Hotel site selection, which means companies and organizations come to me or I assist companies and organizations and even individuals with finding the proper hotel for their uh, meeting, for their retreats, for their family reunions, for um, uh, their conferences or conventions, you know, from 10 rooms, 10 rooms or more is considered a group. I've done 10 rooms to 650 on peak night. Okay, so meaning on one night, say they stand for five nights, at least one of those nights is 10 rooms. Okay, or if it's, you know, or 650. Okay, so 650 on the peak night. So it can be, you know, 10, 10, 10, 650 and then 10, 10, 10. You know what I mean? You know, that's the, the pattern of when they come in. Like on Monday, they have 10 rooms. Tuesday, they have 15 rooms. Um uh, Wednesday, they got 650 rooms. And then Thursday, they have 10 and 10 and out, right? So that's a peak night. That 650 was the peak night. So as long as you have 10 rooms on a peak night, that's considered a group, okay? So I assist companies with that, uh, finding the right hotel, creating the RFP, the request for proposal, sending it to the hotels, getting it back, compiling information, giving it to the client, uh, contract stage and pricing negotiation, all that kind of stuff. I do that. That's what I call hotel site selection. Uh, I'm a 
hospitality content creator. I do a lot of content creating. This, this is creating this is creating content right now, right? But I do the same thing for for hotels and 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 hospitality organizations, and then sales training for hotel GMs. That's one of the new things that I've done uh, within the last. 30, 40 days where, you know, whole general managers get hired, but they don't have a lot of sales experience. Maybe they came from food and beverage and don't understand the sales process, or maybe they came from the front desk and they really didn't have a lot to do with sales. Well, I kind of, you know, identify what they need help with and I kind of go through, you know, what they should be looking for or what these reports mean or, or, or how to hold your, your, your DOS or your salespeople accountable, what you should be asking them. I mean, those are things that I do as well. And I'm a consultant, right? So I do a lot, I think a myriad of things, but we just keep it with those four things. But if you have questions about, what well, do I do this? Do I do that? Just, just reach out. Reach out in touch. Was your moment to non-meat eats unpopular initially at family gatherings? <laughs> yes, it was. I remember going home and telling my parents, like, well, don't bring that stuff here because we don't eat that. We eat meat. So, yeah, it wasn't very popular. It's never very popular, but it's you know, like a novelty, right? So people want to know, and um, well, what do you eat? Um, what does that taste like? You know, why would you do this? Why would you start being this? Um, is there religious reasons? Um, well, can, can I still eat my meat in front of you? You know, a lot of stuff. You would be amazed some of the stuff that people say, <laughs> you know. Well, oh, my God. Uh, I'm eating a steak. Uh, is that okay? Should I go sit somewhere else? I'm like, what? <laughs> no, go ahead and enjoy what you're going to have because I'm going to enjoy what I'm going to have. Now, remember, I used to eat meat and everything, right? And that's probably the issue, right? I ate too much of it. So I used to eat, but I still, I, and I cook a lot. I still cook because there's people in the house that don't eat what I eat. So I have to prepare for them, right? So I still cook. I don't need to taste food because I've been cooking a long time. So, no, and I don't miss meat. I don't miss fish. I don't. One thing that I did miss, I'll tell you this, spicy tuna. I was heavily into sushi, right, uh, and rolls and all this kind of spicy tuna roll. Oh, my God. That is like my all-time favorite. Well, about a year ago, we found this vegan sushi place. And guess what they have? Spicy tuna. Is it really spi- real spicy tuna? It looks like it. It kind of tastes like it, right? There's some things that you can put on things that make them fishy, you know, or, or taste like fish or whatever. But whatever they put on it, the consistency of it, man, it's in Long Beach. Okay, I can't think of the name of it, but it's a sushi place, a vegan sushi place. There's two of them. There's one in Long Beach, and there's one that I haven't been to in there's one in Pasadena and one in Hollywood. So that'd be three of them. So yeah, but yeah, so yeah, no, I was unpopular. I'm still kind of unpopular now. Well, they, well, people are like, well, what are you going to eat? Like if they invite me, like, well, we're not going to have anything for you. Uh, okay. So well, then it's your option. Like, okay. The other day, the, the, my family that I went to see in, um, in Houston, they, it was someone's birthday, right? So that's why we were there, right? Went to a birthday gathering or celebration, right? And on one day, they went to brunch. Okay, now, brunches, probably anywhere else would probably be easy for me to find something to eat off the menu, right? Well, brunches in Texas can be a little different because Texas is a big meat state, okay? So it ain't green, it's meat. So, um, So I didn't go. 
So I said, you know what? You guys go and have a good time. I'll find something else to do. I was, you know, find something else to eat. So I did not go because, first of all, it was $50. $50 I'm not going to. I'm going to get my fill for $50, right? So I need to eat for 50 bucks, right? But I didn't go. And that was money that I, I'm like, no, I'll, I'll, you guys go have a good time. Um, so I excused myself. And they understood. So it was no big deal. No hard feelings on that. So um, uh, my brother Stacy says, I'm not non-meat, but I do make a non-meat dish on occasion. Imagine the frown I got at home. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know the frown you got at home because that same frown, well, it was double the frown when I got it, when I first went there with these non-meat eat ideas. What do you, what, you don't eat meat? Don't bring that here because we don't, <laughs> we eat, we eat meat and we not change. I'm, I'm, I'm not forcing anyone on it. You know, it's just, I choose to do that. It was my choice, right? People will ask me, well, you can't eat that. Well, no, I can eat anything. I choose not to eat it. There's a big difference, right? It wasn't for religious reason. It was for more health reasons that I did it, right? My blood pressure was high. My cholesterol was out of whack. Um, so I said, well, let me change. I need to change something within me in order to lower some of this stuff because I don't like to go on a lot of medication. So I said, let me just see if I can, you know, curtail some of this stuff. So that's what I did. So I adjusted my eating lifestyle, and that was 13, 14 years ago. Now, I've been a vegan for going on four years, okay? But I was a, a vegetarian before that for at least 12 to 13 years. So now, yeah, was, we're going on 15 years, 15, 16 years of, of this stuff. So it wasn't like I just started yesterday, right? But, um, but it was easy. It was harder to go from being a meat eater to a vegetarian. But going from a vegetarian to a vegan, it wasn't that hard because I just had to cut out a couple more things like, no more dairy, but they do have like ice cream. I'm a, I love ice cream, right? So they do have like oat milk ice cream. Oh my God, it's so good. And um, what else? Uh, they have egg substitutes. Some of the egg substitutes are whack, but I found one that's okay. I think it's called the, what's it called? Real egg? True egg? Something egg. I don't remember. But anyway, um, you get it like at Whole Foods. And I think like Ralph's or, Kroger would have it as well. But anyway, let me let me finish. But yeah, that was a good one. Yes, yes, yes. Um, let's see. One thing I always say is oh, did I finish the what do I do? Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. See, I, I get caught up in my own little world here and I forget. Uh, what are you doing to keep your brand relevant? I've told you all the things that I do to keep relevant, you know, via social media, uh, you know, networking events. You know, all those things like salespeople, hotel salespeople are notorious for that we go to. In fact, I got invited to somewhere and I didn't, I, I have to, you know, MPI, Meeting Professionals International, invited me to there. They have something this week. I think it's Thursday. I haven't signed up for that, but I think I will. I'm going to go. So, um, but yeah, go to these networking events. So you go to networking events, but you have to reinforce it with something. If that's social media, if that's, you know, compiling an email list and sending mass things out to people, companies, organizations, or whatever, then do that, right? So, um, but there's a lot of things you can do to, 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 to keep your brand relevant. But this, the key is to start doing something, okay? The three Ps. Three Ps. What does that mean? Three Ps. 
Purpose, and this is Russell of Hotels, three Ps, right? Purpose, passion, and perseverance. Purpose, know why you're doing what you do, okay? Why do you do why, what you do? Whatever you do, why do you do it? I mean, I do this show, and I think you guys know um, um, I'm an advocate for the hospitality space or this industry, for hotels, for tourism, for non-meat-eat space. I'm an advocate for all that, right? Um I do this show because I think it's the need for people to talk about certain things, uh, to help salespeople out if I can, to let people know what I do or how I can assist them. Social media is real, right? It's, it's things that we can be using to promote our businesses. So that's kind of the purpose that I do and just kind of keep people in the know, right? And have people come on and tell their story, uh, talk about where they work, right? Promote them. Because it's all about, for me, it's about promotion. It's about promoting someone else. Someone else's, um, you know, what they're doing, you know, their job, their career, their path, what they can do to help you, you know, where they work. Do they work at a resort? You know, what's going on at the resort? They just did a renovation. That's my purpose to help those organizations out or those individual people. So but there's a lot of ways that I can help people out. But people have to, you know, reach out and ask how I can help. I mean, you come on here and talk about your brand. Hey, who wouldn't want to do that? What salesperson doesn't want to go come on and talk about their brand? Mm, there's some out there that are afraid to get over it. <laughs> passion. Either you have passion or you don't. If you don't have passion, what you do, find something else to do. Perseverance. <clears throat> Be consistent. Continue, continue to evolve. Don't give up and swerve when you need to. Now, last week I said, um, I wasn't going to tell people what swerving means, but now today I said, well, make sure you tune in next week to, and I'll explain what swerving is. Well, today I have to explain that. Right. So, OK, what I said was perseverance means um, be consistent, continue to evolve. Don't give up and swerve when you need to. OK, on air with Russell of Hotels, we swerve. Right. We don't pivot. Everyone's using that P word. That word is going out of style. It's gone out of style. Right. So pivoting. You're already in the crap, okay? And you're like, well, where do I go? Well, I'm going to go over here now. Well, I'm going to go over there now. Swerving is that you see the crap in the horizon, and before you hit it, you swerve around it. You eliminate or you avoid it, okay? So you don't get caught up in that crap where you have to pivot. No, you just swerve around it. Okay, well, I see that in the horizon coming. Um, I already prepared for it, so I'm just going to swerve around it and keep going about my business. Okay, that's the difference. Okay, so <clears throat> anyway, that's it. So thank you guys. I appreciate you guys joining me on air with Russell of Hotels. This was show number 186. I do appreciate you guys. How do you contact me? Follow me on LinkedIn, IG, and YouTube at Russell of Hotels or my name, Russell L. Edmond. That is my name. You can follow me on either one of those platforms. Um, my email, if you choose to email me, you can always slide into my DMs if you want to on Instagram or send me instant message or whatever you want to use. Uh, but, but, but my email is Russell at RussellofHotels.com. And my website is RussellofHotels.com. You know, www, if that's what people still do. Uh, Russell.RussellofHotels.com. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I don't take it lightly that you guys come on and listen to the show and see what I'm talking about. But you guys have a great week and I'll see you soon. Thank you for joining On Air with Russell of Hotels. Please tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. as we talk to other hospitality professionals. 
Your feedback is important to Russell. Feel free to email him at russell at russelofhotels.com with any questions or suggestions. Until next time, try not to be a person of success, rather become a person of great value.